listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu. And on this edition, we're going to be looking back at the win over Dundalk in the UEFA Europa League. Six out of six for the Gunners, the perfect group stage campaign. Arsenal now through to the next round. The draw, of course, takes place on Monday. We'll be bringing you coverage of that right here on the Chronicles of Aguna as well. So if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you turn the notifications on, all that usual jazz, um, and get involved with the channel. First of all, I want to apologise for not getting this podcast out to you guys last night. Um, Unfortunately, I was feeling a little bit under the weather and I I didn't think I would do it justice. So I thought I'd wait until today. For those of you watching on YouTube, if you're wondering why I'm not in the studio, well, I'm on daddy duties today, um, looking after my my son today. And um, he is currently having a nap. So I thought this would be the perfect opportunity to get this done, get this recorded, get this out there for you guys to enjoy. Don't hesitate to let me know what you think on any of the topics discussed in the comments section too. Um, And without further ado, let's get into that win over Dundalk at the Aviva Stadium in Dublin. Of course, the Aviva Stadium is not usually the home of Dundalk, but due to UEFA regulations, etc., etc., the game was played there and, and you know, understandably so. Um, I think obviously when that was done, it was maybe with the intention of getting some supporters in there. Um, unfortunately, it wasn't to be, etc. But, you know, it is what it is. Pitch wasn't great at the Aviva Stadium, got to say. Um, I'm no rugby fan, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that rugby is also played at the Aviva Stadium. Uh, the Republic of Ireland play their games there, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong in the chat, uh, but that would have obviously played a part in that pitch being so bad. And Mikel Arteta spoke about the pitch actually in the lead up to the game in his pre-match press conference. He was asked why Arsenal hadn't been training on it. And that was the answer. That was the response. It was very much around the fact that the pitch had taken an absolute battering uh, in the last few days. So he felt it not necessarily right uh, for Arsenal to go and train on it and potentially make the situation worse. Let's begin by discussing the starting 11 that Mikel Arteta went with. It was Runar Renarsson or Alex Runar Renarsson in goal. It was a back three of Callum Chambers, Mustafi and Pablo Marie. Cedric Suarez and Ainsley Maitland-Niles were operating from either flank as kind of wing backs. And then you had uh, Joe Willock, El Nenny in the middle of the park, Pepe on the one side, Emil Smith-Rowe playing from the left and Eddie Nketiah uh, was leading the line through the middle. Cottrell, Aziz, Balogun, Ceballos all got on in the game. So we're going to talk about some of their displays as well a little bit later on in the programme. But let's start off uh, by kind of running through the starting eleven and, and what was good and what was bad. Renarsson, very comfortable with his feet. Um, I think we all knew that that was probably one of the main reasons that Arsenal went out and got Renarsson. Not somebody who had a massive reputation, obviously. Uh, somebody who's been playing his football in the French league, but not even for one of the kind of standout big sides. So for him to kind of 
come to the club, I think was a little bit of a surprise. I think we've learned very quickly that actually it's his ability with his feet that is what probably tempted Mikel and his team into into going after him, given the, the price he was available at. And they saw him as, as somebody who was capable of replacing Emmy Martinez as, as Bernd Leno's deputy. I thought handling-wise, he wasn't great. Um, few issues with Renarsson but again you know he's played very little football for Arsenal he's had a few games in the Europa League um, but it's very clear that he is one of these modern day goalkeepers if you want to call them that where kind of playing with their feet is just as important as what they do with their hands and we've seen the good sides of Renarsson but I think we're starting to probably realise that actually not that I ever thought this but actually he's probably not a top top draw goalkeeper um, and we're just going to ha- kind of have to live with that and hope that Bern Leno stays fit for the majority of the season. Great to see Callum Chambers back in the fold. Of course, he's been out for a long, long time, made an appearance in the game against Rapid Vienna at the Emirates Stadium last week. Started this one, did OK. It's all about fitness for Callum Chambers at the moment. We all know what Callum Chambers is all about. We all know that he's somebody who can provide sufficient cover I think in the centre-back positions Um, he's also got that versatility about him where he can play it right back if you desperately need him to there's been talk about him in the past playing as a defensive midfielder could he offer that as well Um, I think Callum is a good player to have around the squad Um, so yeah uh, good to see him back and of course Pablo Marie another one still uh, on the, the road to full recovery. He's obviously uh, played in the game against Rapid Vienna, got 90 minutes under his belt that night. Um, or I think what well, was 90 minutes off the top of my head. He got a fair amount of time. He got a, a fair amount of time last night as well. So Pablo Marie is slowly playing his way back to match fitness and will be an option for Mikel Arteta in the central defensive positions moving forward, you would think. Um, in the midfield, Joe Willock and Mohamed Elneny, both of whom got on the score sheet. Uh, Joe Willock did really well to take his goal. Uh, I think it was Balogun um, who backed into the player, laid it off to him. And he'd done a lovely little sort of shimmy to the right. And then the keeper probably should have saved it, but it doesn't really matter. Um, still, Joe Willock, once again, showing that he can get in the right place at the right time. Um you know, and that, that's obviously key uh, for somebody uh, that plays in that position, a midfielder who we're, you know, we're desperately crying out for, someone to get into those box spaces, someone to do a little bit of an Aaron Ramsey. And that's what Willock does. Is he good enough to do it at Premier League level? I'm still not 100% sure on that. Recent evidence will suggest probably not, but in the Europa League, he's been pretty good. And again, you've got to take into consideration the level of the opposition. But of course, Joe Willock uh, continues to make a case for starting in the Premier League. Cedric played at right wing back. I thought he did pretty well, Cedric. Uh, Really energetic, obviously gives us a little bit of something um, in terms of his ability to put good deliveries into the box. A decent set piece taker as well uh, is the Portuguese fullback. So pretty pleased with his performance. Ainsley Maitland-Niles does exactly what it says on the tin. Very solid at left wing back. Also got forward really well. And I thought linked up with Emil Smith-Rowe on Arsenal's left really, really well. Emil Smith-Rowe playing from the left, it's not his um, It's not his natural position. And Mikel Arteta alluded to that in the post-match press conference. He spoke about the fact that actually, although Emil Smith-Rowe did well and looked very dangerous in certain positions, um, you know, he is not a left winger. 
Um, but I thought his link-up play was great. Obviously, he um, he got involved in a couple of the goals, um, in particular the one for Mohamed Elneny. Moved the ball really, really well. Emil Smith-Rowe always looking to shift it quickly. Very skillful footballer. We've all spoken about the talent that Emil Smith-Rowe has many, many times. But now Emil Smith-Rowe needs to, to stay fit. That is the key. Because if he does, I have no doubt that he will go on to be a real, real asset to this Arsenal team for years to come. But he's got to stay fit. Um, and, and that's kind of the key now. Decent to see him get some more minutes under his belt. And uh, we move forward. Uh, of course, Eddie Nketiah started the game up top. He got a goal. Um, it was a nice little neat finish from Eddie Nketiah. And what I enjoyed about Nketiah's performance was his willingness to shut people down. Uh, the back three of Dundalk were, you know, trying to play out from the back. Credit to them. But I thought Eddie Nketiah and Smith Rowe in particular, and probably Nicolas Pepe as well, maybe not as much, but they, they pressed those guys really, really well in those positions and won the ball back higher up the pitch on a number of occasions, which I'm sure is something that Mikel is looking for from his team, something that he probably hasn't seen often enough just yet. And then, of course, Nicolas Pepe. He played from the right-hand side. He didn't have a bad game, Pepe. And he was involved in the goal that Balogun scored when he came on. But I still want to see more from Pepe, particularly at this level. I still want to see more in terms of outputs because I just feel like this, le uh, this level should, in theory, be below him. So you want to see him being a standout player. Look, he wasn't bad yesterday, I didn't think. Um, I've seen a few people say that he was terrible. I, I don't think he was terrible. But equally, I don't think it was a particularly good performance from Nicolas Pepe. So, um, yeah, a little bit disappointed uh, with him on the night overall anyway. Uh, the man who stole all the highlights, though, was, uh, was of course, or all the headlines, I should say, was following Balogun. He came on, um, got a goal, provided an assist. I thought he was really, really good. And for me, he just showed, you know, Balogun just showed a little bit more of being a complete striker. He showed a, a little bit that he's got a little bit more in his locker than somebody like Eddie Nketiah has. He's able to back into people, hold the ball up. He's got good strength. He takes up the right positions. When the ball falls to him in those dangerous positions, he's lethal. I just think that Balogun is a, is a player that Arsenal really have to, you know, convince now that they, they want to keep him and convince him that he's part of the future. A bit like they did with Bukayo Saka in the summer and the fact that obviously that kind of love and and sort of inclusion led to Bukayo Saka signing a new contract. And I think they need to show that same warmth, that same faith in Balogun because he looks a really talented player. But of course, his contract is coming uh, very close to the end. We know that it's getting worryingly close to the end. End of the season, it expires. And of course, in January, that would make him free to discuss his future with clubs abroad. So, it's a, a real must for Arsenal, I think, to get this guy tied down. I've really been impressed by what I've seen of him. People are calling for him to start in the Premier League. Maybe not sure about that yet, but I certainly think he warrants a place in the squad. I think that maybe you would argue Eddie Nketiah is slightly ahead of him in terms of his, his, his kind of progress now. And of course, Eddie Nketiah is currently Arsenal's top goal scorer. But in the longer term future, I do genuinely think that Balogun's ceiling is a lot higher. And Arsenal need to make moves to make sure that this guy is going to stay at the club and be at the club for a lot longer. Mikel Arteta encouragingly said in his press conference that um, 
he's told him that he wants to stay at the club and that talks are ongoing, but an agreement needs to be reached. And with Arsenal, you're never certain until that, that official announcement comes. So fingers crossed they get that done sooner rather than later. Don't forget, if you're watching us live at the moment, smash that like button, subscribe to the channel. If you're watching via YouTube, if you are listening via the podcast, make sure you leave us a review. I've been set a task to hit 50 reviews uh, by the end of the year. We've only got 40 at the moment on the um, Apple podcast thing. So if you are listening via that channel, please, please do uh, leave us a review. You know how many stars to leave can't be anything less than five so do that get that done and that really really helps us one other thing that i wanted to quickly touch upon because you know i obviously there were some encouraging displays yesterday ultimately this game was a dead rubber so i don't want to kind of read into certain situations too much i don't want to make a massive deal out of certain performances because again as i've said earlier in the show you have to take into consideration the level of the opposition but um one of the things I wanted to touch on was Mikel Arteta's pre-match press conference and it was James Benj um who asked him a question um about sort of crosses and he said uh and then he said Mikel is that how you want your team to play putting in less crosses and being a little bit more direct and Mikel just bluntly answered it with yes and the following journalist, Charles Watts, who's, who's excellent as well, um, he came into the conversation and he said, just, you know, elaborate on, on what you meant by that. That's the way you want to see your team play. And Mikel Arteta got a little bit spiky, a little bit prickly. Um, he, he said, I just said that because I don't really want to get into it. I could see where that was going kind of thing. So Mikel suggesting that it was a loaded question, suggesting that the Journalists were trying to lead him down a path he didn't want to go down and were trying to make a point about Arsenal's playing style at the moment. He also said that he could see his colleagues laughing. So talking about the the, the other journalists, Mikel said that he could see them laughing on the Zoom call as if, you know, they knew where it was going. I'm not sure it was intended that way. And, and I've been very fortunate to talk to James on a number of occasions. Um, don't know Charles, with our follows work, don't know him, but I, I know that James wouldn't have been looking to draw Mikel Arteta out into, you know, a bit of that kind of uncomfortable conversation. If, if if James asked it, it was because he genuinely wanted to know the answer to the question. And it's a question that a lot of Arsenal fans would have probably put to Mikel, given the opportunity as well. But I just thought Mikel's reaction was interesting and it probably suggests that actually he's feeling a little bit um, under pressure and has maybe been paying a little bit more attention to the kind of things that have been written and, and, and said about Arsenal since the North London derby, then maybe we would have thought. So I just thought that was interesting and a really interesting aspect of the post-match press conference. What's going to be even more interesting is to see how many of these players are going to be uh, sort of considered for Sunday's game against Burnley. It's that dreaded 7.15 on a Sunday kickoff, which I absolutely hate. The results we've got during it have been dreadful as well. Um, so I'm not not particularly looking forward to this game. And we know exactly what Burnley are going to do. They're going to make it difficult for us. Um, I think everybody can expect that. But yeah, um, you know, I thought the press conference was interesting and I think it will be interesting to see whether somebody like Smith-Rowe, somebody like Balogun has done enough to to warrant a place, at least in the squad uh, for Sunday. Uh, it'll be interesting because at some point, if the results continue the way they are, uh, already they've gone on too long, but at some point you feel like Mikel has to change something 
What is it going to be and when is it going to be? I guess are the golden questions. So we're going to have to wait and see on that and um, and try and make sense of it on Sunday when the team is announced for that one. Right, let's have a look at what some of you guys are saying in the live chat. Um, big hello to Omar, to True Gunnar, uh, to Daniel, who says, Balogun has a lot more about him than Eddie. He should be given his chances now. Yeah, as I've already said, I think Balogun offers a lot more in terms of his overall game. I feel like Balogun is somebody with a higher ceiling than Eddie Nketiah. I feel like he gives you that sort of predatory instinct inside the penalty area that Eddie does, to be fair, but he also gives you the ability to hold up the ball. He looks as though he's got a little bit more football and intelligence. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way to Eddie and Ketia. I just feel like in the brief sort of spells and and, and cameos I've seen uh, Fuller and Balogun have, I just feel like he's the more complete striker. And it's imperative, absolutely imperative that Arsenal tie him down to a new contract. Because as I've already said, he is free to leave in the summer and he is free to start negotiating with overseas clubs from January. This boy is a huge talent and Arsenal need to, absolutely need to tie him down. Uh, let's move on to Xander's comment. He says, afternoon, Harry, really impressed with Smith Rowe, consistently looking for forward passes, spaces to dribble into, deserves Premier League minutes. Yeah, and, and I think that you'll probably get those. Um, he'll probably get those, sorry, when he proves his fitness a little bit more. As, I, as I've said earlier on, fitness has been the major issue for Emil Smith Rowe. I don't think Mikel Arteta's ever had any doubts about the player's talent, the player's ability and about what he could bring to the side, but it's about keeping him fit. And, um, you know, he's had some troubles of late and and he's got to prove to Mikel now that he is ready to, to compete for a place in the first team, I guess. Uh, True Guna says, I know Balogun will get all the plaudits and hype for his goal, and rightly so. But Aziz looked unbelievable. Calm, cool, composed, picked up excellent positions and has vision and athleticism. Absolutely. Uh, Miguel Aziz came on, I think with around about nine, 10 minutes to go, showed some really tidy touches, um, really nice spins into good areas. His passing was good, carries himself really well. He's one to be um, to be keeping an eye on. But again, um, well, I guess I'd say he's probably a little bit behind in terms of where Balogun are and Smith Rowe are in terms of pushing for a place in the squad. So, yeah, really encouraging again to see one of the Arsenal youngsters um, sort of coming on on the European stage, albeit against Dundalk, but actually giving a really good uh, impression of himself. Uh, big hello to Louis, Roberts, Louis Robson. He says, I'm so sick of these late kickoffs. We get why always us referring to, uh, of course, that game against Burnley. I, I'm, I, I feel the same, mate. Um, <laughs> If you're working on the game, you'd love it to be earlier just so you could be finished that bit earlier on a Sunday night. And then hopefully if the result, it doesn't go your way, you've kind of calmed down a little bit um, before you go to bed instead of going to bed at like 11, 12 o'clock and kind of lying there and having all these different scenarios running through your head and and stuff. So, yeah. Um, Chris Pantelli says, Hi, Harry. Martinelli, Balogun, Smith, Rowe. Saka Aziz are just some of the youngsters that may just make it at Arsenal. Agree. Um, Ekene Ogbodo says, as a Nigerian, I feel so bad when you guys call him Balag- Balogun. Dispr- 
deliberately rather than Balogan. So is it Balogan? Is it Balogan? Is it Bal? When I say Balogan, I say it as I'm reading it. And, and I apologize if it's wrong. Um, I'd, I'd be keen for you to let me know how it's pronounced properly. Um, Balogan. Is it Balogan then rather than Balogan? I guess it's Balogan. Um, but let me know in the comments. I'd be more than happy to correct myself, mate. Always looking to learn. I just, that's genuinely how I was reading it. Um, what else have we got here? Just having a look through some of your comments. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see what we got here. Big hello to Tommy O'Donoghue uh, and big hello uh, to Tom who asks, uh, where is it? I've just lost it. My screen's bloody gone. Where is it? Apologies. It wasn't Tom. It was Xander. He says, would you loan Nketia in January and allow Balogun the second half of the season? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I would certainly have Balogun in my thoughts, in my in my setup. I'd certainly be considering bringing him in. Um, look, I don't think it's really worked for Eddie Nketia. And I think Eddie Nketia is not not really pulled up any trees apart from kind of in the Europa League where the opposition's been really substandard. I don't think that Alexander Lacazette's been great this season. So to to dismiss Balogun at this point, I think would be wrong. Um, so I don't want to see Arsenal do that. Um, I want to see him involved, but I'm also cautious about him being thrown in to start Premier League games, for example, like some people are suggesting. I still feel as though that is a little bit premature, if I'm completely honest. Right, that brings me to the end of this post-Dundalk Arsenal uh, reaction podcast. Again, sorry it's a little bit late, um, but yeah, um, wasn't feeling too great last night. Still aren't, to be honest, but uh, better than I was. So um, glad to have been able to get this done and share it with you guys. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, and leave us a review if you're listening via the audio platforms. We'll be back later on with a transfer update edition. Um, of course, the January transfer window is just around the corner. So stay tuned for that. Um, it'll be premiering, premiering on the channel later. Um, so keep your eyes posted for that. Until then, take care. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.